Well, good morning, everyone. Hey, I'm going to, you may have already done this today, but just look at somebody sitting nearby. Tell them Merry Christmas like you mean it. Yeah, I love it. You know, I don't get tired of telling people Merry Christmas. I, you know, I started several weeks ago. It's all right. I, I just, it makes you feel good. It makes the person you're talking to feel good. And it's, and it really is uh, appropriate today. Amen. I'm so excited to see all of you here today. I want to tell you uh, just a great big uh, welcome. Glad you're here. And if you're a guest with us today, uh, my name is Dave Bunch. And on, on behalf of Grace Church, I just want to tell you we are so glad that you've chosen to be a part of our Christmas service today. You have made our day uh, by being with us. And so we just pray this, uh, this service is a blessing to you. Those joining us on live stream and Facebook Live, thank you so much for making this service a part of your day, and we know it'll be a blessing to you. We have a wonderful, wonderful service planned today, and I'm going to say just a little bit more about that in a moment. Uh, I believe you're going to be blessed by, uh, by, by the Christmas story as it is presented here today. Uh, but before we do that, uh, just a couple of things. I want to just remind you uh, of our schedule for the holidays and, and kind of what to expect, what's coming up. Don't forget that uh, Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock, we will have Tuesday morning prayer right here in the sanctuary. And then um, you probably know uh, that next Sunday is December 25th. Do all of our kids know that Christmas Day is next Sunday? You've, you've made that connection. So being that Christmas falls on a Sunday... Uh, and it's next Sunday. We will dismiss our service here uh, next Sunday so that you can celebrate Christmas with your family. But we're going to uh, come right back on January the 1st and have service, regular schedule. And in that service on New Year's Day, we'll have communion. So we want you to mark your calendar. Come prepared to have communion service on January 1st, the very first day of the year, 2023. And then on January the 2nd, we'll begin 21 days of sacrifice of course, that'll go all the way through January 22nd. So put that on your calendar as well and begin to prepare your heart for communion service and 21 days of sacrifice to begin the new year. Every year in our Christmas service, we always uh, make one other very special announcement. And I want to make that announcement now. I want to remind you that today is the last day to give for Chris, uh, to Christmas for Christ. Um, and Christmas for Christ is a very special offering. It's a very special uh, 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 monies we set aside. You know, our church gives a lot to foreign missions. A big, a big portion of our, of our um, income as a church goes to foreign missions. Our, our members, all of you give uh, personally to foreign missions. This Christmas for Christ offering is set aside, and it goes uh, strictly to North American missions. So while we're thinking about the evangelistic needs of the world, we also want to pay attention to the evangelistic needs right here at home. And so this offering goes to plant churches in North America. It goes to support churches, small, smaller churches that are just getting started that have already been planted, helping them financially, helping them reach their city, and making a difference with the gospel right here at home. So today, you have an opportunity to give to that. You can give online. There's a, there's a tab there on the church website to give. And then uh, if you'd rather give in person, the, uh, the offering box there in the, uh, in the foyer on the way out would be the place to do that. Just mark it Christmas for Christ, and you'll be a blessing to sharing the gospel here in North America. Amen? Amen. All right. 
Well, listen, today, as I, as I said, we're going to have a tremendous, tremendous service. You're going to hear from various portions of our church, from the youngest all the way up to, you know, I'm not going to say the oldest, but, you know, just all the way through. And it's going to be a wonderful presentation of the Christmas story through music and the Word of God and all of those things. And um, I just, I just want to just to tell you to prepare your heart and, and to get ready for these presentations today. Uh, our theme today is God with us, God with us. And I, and I was thinking about that, you know, uh, so many times we talk about, and, and I do, I, I've said it a lot this year about getting in the Christmas spirit, you know, uh, am I feeling the Christmas spirit? Are you, are you in Christmas spirit, you know? And, and we, we think about that, we talk about that, we wonder, you know, why does it only come around one time a year and all those things. But really, the, the Christmas spirit is really, in its purest form, really just God's spirit. And it's the fact that God is with us that, that, that allows us to feel what we call the Christmas spirit. So today, my prayer is, is that, that through some lyric that is sung, uh, some melody that you hear, some word that is spoken, that somehow the Christmas story would penetrate your heart anew and afresh, and that you would experience God with us, God with you personally today in this service, and that when you leave, you'll leave not only in the Christmas spirit, but saying, you know what, I have been in, the, in, in God's presence. I have felt his spirit today. If that happens today for you, then, then this service has been a success, and it's been a win. Amen. Amen. So as we begin today, let's bow our heads and pray and ask God's blessings upon us today. Amen. God, we are so thankful for this moment. You've brought us to this moment, Lord. We've looked forward to it a long time. There's been a lot of planning, a lot of practicing, a lot of thought going into this, Lord. But here we are, and we're excited about what we're about to do today. Lord, your presence is here because I feel your presence, but we're just we're opening this up, Lord, and saying, have your way, have your will, let your will be accomplished today. Amen. Amen. And Lord, as we prepare these, really today is the launching point for the next two weeks of celebration, time with family and friends, uh, good food, good fellowship. But we're starting it all today, honoring you and putting you in your rightful place, saying, you know what, all of this that we are doing is about you, Jesus. And it's all about celebrating that you came to earth for our redemption. Lord, anoint this service today. Everyone that's a part of it, let it be done to your glory. And all the church say in Jesus' name, Amen. I'm going to turn this over to Sandy and her, her department. You're going to hear from the kids this morning. Why don't you give them a great big round, round of applause as they come.
Grace Church. Praise the Lord, everybody. I want to thank all of our guests for being here today. Thank all of our Grace Church regulars for being here today. Thank you, Sandy, for that incredible little presentation, uh, working so hard with all those kids. Can we get a round of applause for them, another one? <laughs> all right, so as it is the season, I've been thinking a lot about Christmas. And to be a little bit more specific, I've been thinking about what it might have been like to be there on that first Christmas, to talk to some random citizen who might have been wandering around the streets of Bethlehem. See, if you were to pull the first person you saw off the street, they would have told you that the year was 625 ab urbe condita, which is a Latin phrase, which means since the founding of the city. See, they put their year one at the founding of Rome, which makes sense. It was this massive, powerful civilization known for its fabulous wealth and its many roads that linked the entire empire together, its incredible technology. It was the most advanced civilization the world had seen up to that point. See, in a lot of ways, the world was Rome. If you were to ask what humanity had to offer, they would have pointed to Rome. So if you were to say that the most important event in human history was about to take place in a little town called Bethlehem, in a nothing province called Judea, they would have looked at you funny. It, it, it wouldn't have made sense. They would have thought you were crazy. But Grace Church, maybe I am a little crazy, but I also know better. I know that on that night, a baby was going to be born. And he would bring us joy. He would bring us peace. He would be a comforter, a healer, a redeemer. It would be the most incredible thing anyone had ever seen. On that night, we would receive Jesus. See, it's impossible to put it in one way, what he did for us that night. The things that were put into motion that night. But... I think a man by the name of Dionysus Exodus did a pretty good job. It was 500 years after that fateful night, 200 years after the legalization of Christianity in Rome, and 50 years after the collapse of the Western Empire. But he decided to call it A.D., Anno Domini, the year of our Lord, the year of our peace, the year of our comfort. Now I'm about to pass this mic back to the young people, and they are going to worship with us. Would you worship with us today? Would you worship that Lord, Jesus' name?
still believe you're speaking. God, I believe you're working all things for good. I fix my eyes on
service, we are here to worship the Lord today. So if you know the words, sing with us. If you don't know the words, worship with us. But let's worship the Lord today. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. And heaven and nature sing.
Let's everybody stand all over the house today. Would you clap your hands to the Lord? And let's celebrate the birth of Jesus today, shall we, everybody? Hallelujah. Let's praise him. Because he's great and he's greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. Everybody exalt the name of Jesus today. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. There's been moments today in this service that it feels almost like we were there. The night that the skies filled up and the shepherds heard the angels sing and was summoned to a manger to see the Son of God, the King of Kings, to see Jesus born and to bring Him their hearts, their allegiance, and their love. It just feels like today we're celebrating that moment in such a real way. I'm glad he came, and I'm glad I know him today. Would you clap your hands one more time to the Lord? Let's praise him. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. I, um, you may be seated. This has been an amazing service thus far, and I want to thank everybody that has made this happen. Thank you so very much. And I uh, want to, along with Brother Dave today, welcome all of our guests. We're so glad you're here. And we trust that all of you have a wonderful, wonderful uh, Christmas season this year. And uh, that you enjoy the blessing of the Lord. Merry Christmas from Grace Church today. We're glad all of you are here. Thank the Lord. <clears throat> I have a few moments today to um, speak to you. And uh, will not be here very long but I'm sure we all know that there are so many parts to the Christmas story. There are angels. There's choirs of angels. There's wise men, a star. There's even an evil king. There's magicians, shepherds, livestock, inns with no room, a manger, and of course Mary and Joseph. But my question today is, what about the baby. I believe we would all agree that the central focus of the story of Christmas is Jesus and Jesus coming. But he just didn't come. Jesus came with a very defined and carefully orchestrated identity. He came with a very specific purpose. Remember, a lot of people in that time during the life of Christ, thought at best he was just a prophet. But he was much more than a prophet, and we know that today. But there was even some people on occasions that literally thought he was a devil. So what about the baby? Who is he? What was his purpose? Who was he? Let's look into that for just a few moments today. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. That was his identity. For he shall save his people from their sins. That was his purpose. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord, by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel which being interpreted is God 
with us. In Luke chapter 1, verse 30, the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great. He shall be the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. For he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? The angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. The book of the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah, as you know, is the Messianic prophet. He prophesied more about the Messiah than any other Old Testament prophet. But that book contains an incredible claim. God is contrasting himself with the pagan gods which many people worshipped in the form of idols. And if you look at a summation of Isaiah 44, 6 through 8, Isaiah 46, 9 through 10, and Isaiah 48, verses 5 and 6, you will get this uh, accumulation, of, of, if you will, of Scripture that essentially says, God speaking, here is how you will know that I am the one true God. And those so-called gods are nothing. I will tell you the end from the beginning. This is how you will know that I'm God. I will tell you the end from the beginning. I will tell you what will happen before it happens. And then when those things come to pass, that will be proof to you that I alone am God. Approximately one-third of the Bible is made up of prophecies including many about the promised Messiah, which predicted various things about his identity, purpose, and actions. According to one calculation, there are, there are about 332 messianic prophecies from the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, which Jesus fulfilled in his lifetime. We find that the chance, the probability, the odds that any man might have lived down to the present time and fulfilled eight of those prophecies is one in ten to the exponent of 17. That would be the number one with 17 zeros behind it as you see on the screen behind me. It has also been calculated that the probability of one person fulfilling 48 of those 332 prophecies is 1 in 10 to the power of 157. So with that in mind, I want to continue with this presentation. The question is that I've asked today, who is the baby? Who is that baby that we celebrate its birth, his birth during the Christmas season? Who is that baby? that we've been celebrating here today. I want to say, standing flat-footed on the Word of God in one simple but powerful sentence, I'm going to tell you 
who that baby is. He is God incarnate in flesh. That's who the baby is. Amen. The very first prophecy concerning the Messiah is found in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15 and prophesied that he would come as a man. In Genesis 18, 18, said that he would be of the seed of Abraham. Genesis 17, 19 said he would be of the seed of Isaac. Numbers 24, 17 said that he would be of the seed of Jacob, that he would be a Jew, even though he has four Gentile women in his genealogy. Genesis 49, verse 10 said that he would descend from the tribe of Judah. Isaiah 9, 7 said that he would be an heir to the throne of David. Micah 5, 2 said that he would be born in Bethlehem. Daniel 9, 25 told us that he would, uh, when he would be born. And Isaiah 7, 14 said that he would be born of a virgin. I have just given you nine very explicit and detailed Old Testament prophecies that were fulfilled hundreds of years later in the New Testament. And I believe we would all agree today that only God Almighty can predict the future, have it come to pass to prove that He is God Almighty. Let me continue in Isaiah seven fourteen. The Bible said, Therefore the Lord Himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel. Emmanuel, as we all know, is God with us again. Who is the baby? He is God incarnate in flesh. Isaiah again in Isaiah 9 and 6, a verse that we all know very well. I want you to notice today some of the phrases and words in this verse. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Unto us a child is born fulfills the prophecy of Genesis 3.15 that said he would come from a woman. Unto us a child is born is of Mary. But unto us a son is given is of God. He is both God and man. Who is the baby? He is God robed in flesh. And then Isaiah said, and it's very interesting to me. This has been of interest to me since I was a young teenager. He said, for unto us a child is born. A child is born. But went on to say in the rest of the verse that he is also the mighty God. I'll let that resonate for a minute. That child is the mighty God. But here's the puzzling piece. At the same time a child is born, he is also the everlasting father. Who is the baby? It is God, incarnate in flesh. We're not celebrating the birth of a man. We're not celebrating the birth of a prophet. We're celebrating today the birth of God, incarnate in flesh, a fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. And I submit to you here this morning that God has filled this house today with his presence. Notice where the Gospel of Matthew gives his Jewish genealogy, beginning with Abraham and coming all the way up to the birth of Christ. Luke gives his human genealogy, 
going backwards from the birth of Jesus all the way to Adam. But then when you get to the Gospel of John, John takes the genealogy of Christ to a whole nother level. He takes it to a place that most men strive to understand. But it's very clear in my hearts here today. John didn't start off with this typical generic Jewish genealogy. But he started off with the divine genealogy of Christ when he said, For in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was was God. I want to submit to you today that Word is Logos. It has to do with the voice of God speaking creation into existence. That was the only manifestation of God creation could see or hear was the voice of God. But John meandered down and got to verse 14 and said, For the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory as the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Who was the baby? God in flesh. Paul wrote wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy 3.16 and without controversy, without conflict, without debate, without argument, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God manifest in the flesh Colossians wrote uh, Paul wrote in the book of Colossians in chapter 1 verse 15 speaking of Jesus he said who is the image of the invisible God it's not a question it's a statement he is the image of the invisible God I don't have time to go here this morning but I'd love to take you to the book of Acts when Stephen was being stoned and the heavens opened and he saw Jesus standing on the right hand of God you know why that happened it's because Stephen could see Jesus. Prior to the body of Bethlehem, you couldn't see God. Am I going too deep on y'all here this morning? He is the image of the invisible God. He makes God visible. The firstborn of every creature, watch this, Paul wrote, for by him were all things created. For by him, the baby born in Bethlehem, all things were created in heaven and that are in the earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or power. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things and by him all things consist. He's the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him Jesus should all fullness dwell. He wrote in uh, chapter 2 of Colossians, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Hallelujah to God. Who was the baby? Who are we celebrating here today? What about the baby? Yes, I'm enthralled with the whole thing. The Mary and Joseph story, her expecting a child and, and, and having to go to Bethlehem and and do all this stuff and couldn't find a room and an inn somewhere to stay. And I love the shepherds. I love the wise men and all of that. But I'll never lose focus of the baby. So what is his name? Why is that important? I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you what his name is. We all know it, but I'm going to tell you a little bit about why it's important. His name is something that man has wanted to know from the beginning of time. 
It has been said many times, and I'll say it here today, especially Isaiah 9, 6, when God moved on Isaiah and he began to pen those words, and his name shall be called, and something rumbling all through Isaiah that said, okay, here it comes. I'm going to be the first to know the name of God, and his name shall be called Wonderful. Oh, Counselor. Oh, I kind of know that already. The mighty God, the everlasting Father. His name didn't come, but finally. Oh, God, finally. In Matthew chapter 1, thou shalt bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. Luke 1, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Why is the revealing of his name so important? The answer is found in Acts chapter 4 and verse 10. Because the, the writer declared, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 2, wherefore God hath also highly exalted him and given him a name that's above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things of earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father that's why we have faith in his name that's why we pray in his name and that's why we baptize in his name so he came with very clear Identity. He wanted people to know that he was not just a man. He was not just a prophet. And he certainly wasn't coming to impersonate the devil. But he came for a very clear and specific purpose. But a very powerful purpose. The angel went on to tell Mary, For he shall save his people from their sins. As you stand with me here this morning, I want to be very broad at first when I repeat this statement, but then I'm going to get very specific. If everyone on this planet could only realize the power of that statement, that he came to save people from their sin. Now I want to be more specific and bring it more to this crowd of people here today in this room. If everybody here today, I know I'm a preacher and pastor and I have these titles and all that stuff. I get that and these are the things I'm supposed to say. But I'm not just saying them today. I know I've experienced the joy of being saved from my sins. So I've experienced this personally. If we could realize the power of this statement, for he shall save his people from their sins. There are so many burdens that we would not have to carry if we understood that statement. There's a guilty conscience that we would not have to go to bed with every night when we lay our head down on our pillow. There would be burdens that we wouldn't have to carry. There's habits 
that we wouldn't repeat and cycle every day of our life. There would be addictions that would go away that we would never have to struggle with ever again if we could see, see and understand the power of that statement. I submit to you today if everybody understood the purpose of Jesus coming, that redemptive factor that made him come as God robed in flesh, our society would be better. Our schools would be better. Our neighborhoods would be better. Marriages would be better. Kids could be better. As the praise team sang a little while ago, I pray for my family. I'm thankful to stand here today and tell you that my family, Pastor Murphy's family, is under that wonderful umbrella of redemption here today. If people understood that statement, our relationship with God would be better. Our faith would be better. Hope would be better. Everything about our lives would systematically be better if we could realize the power of that statement. Jesus came to be the embodiment of grace and mercy and forgiveness and long-suffering and kindness and gentleness and the list goes on. He came to save, to heal, to deliver, to lift that burden of sin, guilty conscience, strife, anxiety, conflict, all of the things that people live with. They live their lives in these things every day. If they could just embrace the baby. trying to subject God to an infant. I hope you understand what I'm talking about. But we so oftentimes, all year long, lose sight of that baby. When Steve was playing so amazingly a few moments ago, playing the guitar, the screen showed a picture of someone depicting Mary and that baby just being born. Something ran all over me because it wasn't just a baby. It wasn't just a baby. That baby was God. And he came with divine identity, purpose, and power. I know that because he works in my life every day. He has changed my life drastically. Yes, he has. As a praise team were singing, I looked across their faces, and of course I know them. And I couldn't help but think back to times in their life when they fought with this and that and wrestled with this and that. But eventually, they themselves gathered under that giant umbrella that we call the manger. <laughs> they just didn't come to see as the shepherds did. They came as the wise men with something in their hand. The shepherds received the most prolific revelation of God being born in Bethlehem and showed up empty-handed. I'm glad they went to the manger. I'm glad they obeyed and followed instruction. But kind of shame on them for coming empty-handed, right? But the wise men got it right. They wasn't of Jewish lineage. 
they didn't perhaps know all the ins and outs. Some speculate they did. Some speculate they didn't. I don't know what the, I don't know what they do. All I know is that they were wise enough to follow that star. Not really sure where it would end up at. But when they came, they had in their hands gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So I wonder here today in the closing moments of this service if there's something you have in your hand, something you have in your heart today that you would like to bring to Him. There's not a better time than right now. It could be a burden. It could be an addiction. It could be depression. It could be fear. But it could also be a gift of adoration. A gift fit for a king. I don't know how those wise men know and it's been debated forever. How they brought gold, frankincense and myrrh which had to do with his kingship, his priestly role and him as a prophet, etc. They witnessed in their giving they witnessed in their gifts who he was, his purpose, and his identity. I wonder if we could, in our hearts today, do the same thing. As they begin to sing here today, I wonder if everybody guessed, everybody, we're not going to do anything weird. Just we want to kind of gather around that little makeshift trough and celebrate a baby and wrapped in swaddling clothes. But I hope you understand it's more than a baby here today. We want to celebrate the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you all gather around with us today for just a few moments? And just as just one big family of faith, a big family of faith and hope, let's gather around here today and just say thank you, Jesus. He never fails me. All my days have been held in your hands. Sing, sing. As you come, would you just lift a hand to heavenward if you would? And just say, thank you, God, for coming. That's all all I want to say, God, is just thank you for coming. Thank you for changing our lives. Thank you for delivering us. Because all my life you have been faithful. Because all of our life he's been faithful. All of our life he's been faithful. All of our life you have been so, so Every breath, every breath that I am able, I will sing. Oh, I will sing. I will sing of the goodness of the of goodness. Of this is beautiful here today. I, I wish y'all could see voice. what I see. All across the building, hands are lifted heavenward. Say thank you, Jesus, for coming. Thank you, God, for coming and attacking my life. Thank you, God, for changing my life. Thank you, God, for the hope.
being here. So glad to see everybody. So glad to see everybody once again. Merry Christmas, Grace Church. Hope you have a wonderful, wonderful season and, and celebration. Don't forget about the baby. Thank the Lord. God bless you. Shake someone's hand. Greet somebody. We're glad you're here.